evening. Our top stories tonight, four shows. This is the fourth show of the day for Player Profiler, and this is the fourth day in a row that we have had at least four shows on the network. We are truly building something special here on Player Profiler. You get to hear from me every night. You got to hear from Jason to start your morning. You got to hear from the Podfather talking to Billy. You got to hear from Cody Carpentier. You get to hear from so many different voices. This is why Player Profiler is truly the network to follow. And we've got news. We've got so much news. Josh Jacobs, he's getting franchise tagged. Poor Podfather and all his Zamir White shares. It was a good process, but Josh Jacobs back with the Las Vegas Raiders getting the franchise tag if they can't reach a long-term deal. The Giants and Daniel Jones are closing in on a long-term deal. Sounds like this deal is going to pay him at least $40 million. That would make Daniel Jones the ninth quarterback to be making $40 million. We also have Bryce Young. Bryce Young is waiting until his pro day to throw. Originally, it was supposed to be the second pro day for Alabama in April. Now it's sounding like it might come at the end of March in Alabama's first pro day. We're going to keep an eye on that. We're going to be keeping an eye on all of these prospects, including Kayshawn Butte. Kayshawn Butte expecting to run tomorrow, says that he's going to run 4-3, and he is Stephon Diggs. That is his best comparable player, according to Butte himself. We'll have to see what he runs. We'll be keeping an eye on that, but... This wide receiver class, they better run fast because they've got some freaks at corner that they're going to have to compare compete with. We got Julius Brents, six foot three, runs four five three, first in the broad jump, second in the vertical. Absolutely jumps out the gym. Julius Brents from Kansas State. DJ Turner runs four two six. The time to beat for all positions so far. We'll see if any of the wide receivers can break that. But DJ Turner out of Michigan absolutely blazes. Christian Gonzalez, 4-3-8 from him, jumps out the gym as well, over 40 inches in the vertical, over 11 feet in the broad. Joey Porter does just enough to make sure he stays in the conversation. Keely Ringo with a 4-3-6, absolutely incredible. And Travius Hodges Tomlinson, the nephew of Ladanian Tomlinson, he's incredible as well. He's on the smaller size, only 5-8, but he expects to be playing outside, runs 4-4-1, faster than his uncle Ladanian Tomlinson. 39-inch vertical, tied for sixth, and an 11-foot broad jump. Incredible, absolutely incredible from this cornerback class. At safety, we saw just dominance from the Illinois duo. Sidney Brown, he jumps 10-foot 10, 40.5-inch vertical. That's third in the class, and a 4-4-8 to boot. Sidney Brown looks like safety number one in this draft class. But his own teammate, more athletic. Not as good as Sidney Brown, not as highly ranked, but Jartavius Martin, an 11-foot-1 broad jump that was first among all safeties, a 44-inch vertical that was first among all safeties, and a 4-4-6, that's third among all safeties. Dominant day from the Illinois duo. Wish we got to see Devon Witherspoon, but he hurt his hamstring while he was training for this. And there was less from the edge players today, less from Nolan Smith. We didn't see any of him, didn't see any Byron Young. Didn't see out of Tommy Wall, out of Baware, but we saw dominance once again from Lucas Van Ness. A 4-3-2 shuttle, a 7-0-2-3 cone. Those are special numbers from a defensive end, especially with that 4-5-8 that he ran yesterday. And Jose Ramirez, Jose Ramirez from Eastern Michigan, he can bend. The 4-7-3 that he ran yesterday, that's fine, but 6-9-5-3 cone. We love to see players go sub-7 in the 3 cone. And a 4-3-0 shuttle that was first as well. Not as many guys run the shuttles anymore. Not as many guys run the 3 cone. But absolutely dominant. 
Same with Jack Campbell, the linebacker out of Iowa. Sub 7-3 cone runs a 4-9-5, has a 4-2-4 shuttle as well. These are absolutely special numbers from the linebacker Jack Campbell, from Jose Ramirez, from this cornerback class. Just a special day at the Combine and a special day for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, it's always a special day for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but we're going to see how it shakes out for them. Off-season preview for the Jaguars. Love Jacksonville. Love the fact that they're going to be getting Calvin Ridley back. We absolutely love Duval here on Player Profiler today. Some news coming out of the NFL, and I am happy to recap and report all of it, but I'm also happy to have so many of you here in the chat. Kevin wants to know about Ridley. We'll be talking about Calvin Ridley, of course. Trade Watson, Bateman, and a second for Trevor Lawrence in Superflex. I don't think I do that. I think that might be a little steep. Check out the trade calculator, though. You can sign up for the all-in package. Use promo code JACK for $10 off when you sign up. Get the all-in package. Calculate that trade yourself because we've got too much to talk about for me to figure that out myself. My favorite QB in the Trade Gods Invitational. Let's go. Well done, Harry Snowman. Jack is a machine with these shows. Appreciate you as well, Michael. Just remember, even machines need downtime. Oh, I just got off some downtime. You didn't notice because I was still coming to you seven days a week at 7 p.m. But no, I took a week off. I was in Jamaica. I got, can't tell because I don't tan very well. But no, I had some time off. It was great. Appreciate you, Michael, looking out for me. Jack's been great. He took a little break recently. I think they slash we are really hyped up right now with the 23 season underway. We are. We are hyped up about the combine. Absolutely thrilled. It, it's it's truly, I know it's the underwear Olympics, but it is truly some special athleticism on display from so many different positions. Fantasy Condo, good evening to you. Terminator, because he is in fact a machine. Glad you like my glasses. For those of you listening to the podcast, you can also check out the YouTube. We are live. Had some nice sunglasses on, but took them off. Heads up, Player Profiler website is, no, it is not. Your internet was just being weird there, slashy. Player Profiler is not down. Player Profiler is up and running. Have so much to bring you. Ready to slay in the vibes. Happy to have you on the show, Jeremy. Currently trying to get an Eagles fan to overpay for Devontae Smith. Offered Devontae and Evan Engram for Pitts and Godwin. Ooh, I don't know if that's an overpay. Is it tight end premium? I don't know. I, Devontae Smith over Chris Godwin for me. I think Devontae Saiba, if Jackson were to go to Atlanta, as Jack was speculating earlier, Pitts could be off the charts. He could very well could be, but Devontae Smith over Chris Godwin, Kyle Pitts over Evan Ingram, but it's that still close. Be okay with it even without Lamar going to Atlanta. Anyway, looking at the news around the NFL, first and foremost, fourth show of the day, four days in a row. You can catch me seven days a week at 7 p.m. Eastern. Player Profiler, truly building something special here. All the new talent, all the free agent signings. It's just going to get better and better because we're bringing you the news before everyone else. With Josh Jacobs, Player Profiler broke that news before everyone except for Tom Tepella. So with the Josh Jacobs news, we broke it at Player Profiler before everyone except for Tom Pelissero, the original newsbreaker. But we beat Doovie Kleinman. We beat JPA football. We beat MLF football. We beat all of these fake aggregate accounts. We beat Adam Adam Schefter. We beat Adam Ian Rappaport. We beat them all. Player profiler building something special. Our breaking news is second to none. So make sure you're following all of the accounts at Roto Underworld, at profiler underscore NFL. 
And we're going to be reporting on Josh Jacobs, but Zamir White, it's over for Zamir White temporarily. But if anything happens to Josh Jacobs, remember, this is why we love backups to bell cow running backs, because if anything happens, Zamir White steps into a role. He's going to be the grinder back. He'll have to share that backfield with currently Brandon Bolden, could be Amir Abdullah, could be another pass catching back. But this is how things work. Zamir White, he's relegated. Josh Jacobs back on at least the franchise tag and Daniel Jones. He's going to be back on a contract that's going to pay him in excess of $40 million a year. As it sounds like now that would put him in the top nine at quarterback. Matthew Stafford's making $40 million a year. Dak Prescott's making $40 million a year, but what about when all these other quarterbacks sign? Cause remember Lamar Jackson's going to sign for over $50 million. Jalen Hurts over $50 million. Joe Burrow over $50 million. Daniel Jones still making $40 million. Justin Herbert over $50 million. So Daniel Jones, depending on where he ranks, depending on how much over $40 million, he could be going from top nine to top 12 to top 13 to top 14 at worst. A lot of quarterbacks going to get paid. Daniel Jones setting the market for plenty of them, including Kirk Cousins, who we talked about last night, looking to sign an extension. We'll see what comes down because we're coming down to the wire. Tuesday is the franchise tag deadline. Giants don't want to use it on Daniel Jones if they don't have to. We're going to be keeping an update on that because they might have to save it for Saquon Barkley because he could be back on $10 million. And the franchise tag at running back is really cheap at this point. $10 million a year for that one-year deal. It's the second cheapest tag. It's cheaper than the tight end. It is less expensive to franchise tag a running back than it is to franchise tag a tight end. Wild. Absolutely wild, but that is just the devaluation of the running back position. And when we're looking at the combine, we're waiting to see these running backs. We're waiting to see these wide receivers. Kayshawn Butte ready to show off. And like I said, he's going to need to. Because this is like the defensive line class yesterday. Like the defensive tackles. Like the defensive ends. Like Adetomiwa, Adebaware. Like Nolan Smith. Like all these guys. Absolute freaks on the defensive line. And now it's absolute freaks at defensive back too. Like I said in the introduction, Julius Brents, 453 at 6 foot 3, 41 and a half inch vertical that's tied for second, 11 foot 6 broad jump. And there's thresholds. I want my cornerbacks to be jumping 105 in the broad jump. You got to at least top 10 foot. Anything below 10 foot is not athletic enough. Anything in the low tens, it's disappointing, but well, we we can manage that. So Keely Ringo jumps 10-2. That's fine because he ran a 4-3-6. So it all comes out in the wash. They're just thresh, thresh, there are just thresholds. But Julius Brents <laughs> jumping 41. 35 is the great. 41 inches is truly elite. 11 foot six. Again, 10 foot plus in the broad jump, probably a little bit higher, but 11 foot six in the broad jump. Truly special by Julius Brents. Same with Christian Gonzalez. Four, three, eight from him. He's six foot one, just a hair over six foot one. Ties with Julius Brent in the vertical. 11 foot one broad jump. Christian Gonzalez from Oregon. He's been talked about as a first round prospect for a while now. I think he solidified it today. Julius Brents probably pushed his way into the first round with the athletic showing from him, him today. Joey Porter, the... Cornerback out of Penn State, Joey Porter Jr., actually son of Pittsburgh Steelers legend, Joey Porter Sr. He's fine. He's not incredibly impressive, but 
he hits all those thresholds. A 35-inch vertical, that's that threshold right there. He is a good, great athlete. Just not elite. 4-4-6, four, four, great. Sub-4-5, great. Julius Brents, we're fine with the 4-5-3 because he is so much taller. But 4-4, four, four, that's great. 4-4-6, four, four, great. No problem there. 10 foot nine in the broad jump. That's an above average broad jump. So Joey Porter did everything he needed to do. He checked all those boxes. Even if he's not special in any of these areas, he is a great athlete. Keely Ringo, kind of poor in the explosion, 33 and a half inch vertical, 10 foot two broad jump. Those are both disappointing, but the four, three, six bails him out. And Travius Hodges Tomlinson, the nephew of Ladanian Tomlinson, beats his uncle. A 4-4-1 instead of a 4-4-6. Now, Travius Hodges' is, Tomlinson is obviously a little bit lighter at cornerback than Ladanian Tomlinson was at running back, but also a 39-inch vertical. That is sixth in the cornerback position. And that elite 11-foot broad jump. So he, these guys made themselves some money. Travius Hodges. Travius Hodges Tomlinson made himself some money. Keely Ringo made himself some money. Joey Porter made himself some money. Christian Gonzalez made himself some money. Julius Brents made himself some money. And DJ Turner out of Michigan, 4-2-6, made himself some money. Cornerback is deep. Defensive line is deep. These are just freaky players. What about Keely Ringo? Hope that answered your question there. Aaron did not forget about him. But looking at the safeties, it's not a special safety class, but there are still some special athletes. These Illinois safeties, these Illinois cornerbacks, I don't know what they're feeding them, but these Illinois players, they are dominant. Sidney Brown, 10 foot, 10 broad jump. That's elite. 40 and a half inch vertical. That's elite. Four, four, eight. Great, great athlete. Sidney Brown, he is officially the top safety in this class. Jartavius Martin, his own teammate outshined him. First in the broad jump, 11 foot one. That is elite. 44-inch vertical, that is beyond elite. That is just, whew, 4 4 6 two, which is special, special athletes at safety, these two. Sidney Brown might make it into the first round because safety is a weird position. Safety's like running back. It's kind of being devalued at this point in the NFL, but it really shouldn't be. Safety is so, so important in the NFL, but Sidney Brown may have played himself into the first round. Jartavius Martin may have played himself into day two, second round, third round pick with that special athleticism. And we got to see more from the defensive line as well. We didn't get to see a ton because Nolan Smith, Byron Young, Adetomiwa, Adeboware, they did enough on day one. They're kind of like, hey, I don't need to be out there. I don't need to do this. I don't have anything else to prove. Whereas Lucas Van Ness, he was a little bit disappointing in his jumps. His vertical was subpar. It was fine. It's not disqualifying. It was broad, not disqualifying, but they weren't good. Still, ran a 4.58. That's great. And then a 4.32 shuttle, a 7.023 cone, Lucas Van Ness, Hercules, special athlete. Disappointed on the bench for someone nicknamed Hercules, but hey, Lucas Van Ness, special, special, special agility. So Hercules did fine. And Jose Ramirez, even better. That. That sub seven three cone, that is elite. We have these elite thresholds that I talk about. If you can jump over forty inches in the vertical, elite. If you can broad jump over eleven foot, elite. If you can run below four three, that's elite speed. 
If you can go sub seven in the three cone, that is elite. That's what Jose Ramirez did out of Eastern Michigan. Four, three, oh, in the shuttle. Just special, special athletes here. Jack Campbell out of Iowa too. Special athletes at this combine. You can, you can just tell how giddy I am, how, how excited I am about this combine. Cause it's just so fun to watch. Guess Cowboys running it back with Ezekiel Elliott and Pollard. Now that they've tagged Pollard, they officially tagged Pollard. Maybe that came in while I am on the show. Yes, it did. Breaking Cowboys will franchise tag Tony Pollard off to get the tweet out. Once I finish the show, unless Aaron's watching, maybe Aaron can get that tweet out for me from the te- team accounts. But yeah, Zeke is either going to take a pay cut or he's going to get cut. Those are the two options for Ezekiel Elliott. The Elliott at this point, he won't stick around if he's at the same salary. So Tony Pollard's going to be back. That's going to be phenomenal. Love the Dallas Cowboys offense. Hope they get a wide receiver too to go alongside CeeDee Lamb. They need help there, but love Dak Prescott. Severely underrated. And kind of hopes Zeke walks. All out on all out on Dallas this year. There's a coaching exodus there. I'm not sure what's happening. Something. What's happening is Mike McCarthy's making a power play. We'll get to it when we preview the Dallas Cowboys, but Mike McCarthy's making a power play. Got rid of a bunch of coaches. A lot of them aren't sure why, but Kellen Moore was assigned to Mike McCarthy. There's a lot of coaches that were just assigned. They were holdovers from the Jason Garrett years. He, he is in Mike McCarthy, kind of needs to go far in the playoff, kind of needs to win a Super Bowl. He doesn't. He could be on his way out for Dan Quinn. He has competition in-house with the defensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys who doesn't want to go anywhere. So Mike McCarthy, he's going for everything. He's pulling every last bit of control that he can. And this is a problem for good coaches like Nick Sirianni, like Andy Reid. They empower the people coaching under them to run their own groups, run their own teams, run how they want it to run. Bad coaches like Mike McCarthy, when they start to panic, they start just grasping for control. They want to micromanage everything because their job is on the line. And that is not how you should respond to adversity. The response should be, okay, well, I my job's on the line. So I got to change something. But is the right change to be a control freak? Are you that special that only you can save yourself? No. The people around you are going to be there to help save you. They're going down with the ship too. Dak Prescott going down with the ship. Let's stay with the Dallas Cowboys, but it's his career on the line too. It's his legacy on the line. CD Lamb, he's playing for money. All of this matters. So Mike McCarthy, he's being a control freak right now, doubling down on, hey, I I, I got to win. Jerry's telling me I got to win. I got to win now. Dan Quinn's breathing down my neck. I got to win now. Get out of here, Kellen Moore. Get out of here, Skip Pete, the running back coach. You guys are gone. I'll install my guys. I'll be in charge. And I'm calling the plays too. Because that worked out so well in Green Bay. So Mike McCarthy doing what bad coaches do. Grasping for control. Much, much prefer the empowerment of the coaches around you. That is the optimal way to run things. Mike McCarthy not doing that. But looking at other news around the NFL. Brandon Cooks, much like to meet, or he likes D'Amico Ryans. He likes the new coach. D'Amico Ryans, one of these guys to empower his players. He's probably not going to be calling plays as the head coach. He's going to let his defense coordinator do it. 
that's good coaching. That's what we want to see because you can't micromanage. You are too important as an NFL head coach to have your fingers in everything. It's just never going to work. So Brandon Cooks may stay with the Houston Texans because he likes D'Amico Ryan's starting center, former starting center. Justin Britt has been cut, missed most of the year with injuries, missed a lot of last year with injuries as well. And the Bills, they signed Ike Bodeker. Ike Bodeker, one-year deal for him. Started 17 games over 2020 and 2021 before an Achilles injury cost him pretty much all of this season. Played like 10 snaps or something like that. But it was good to see him come back. That's all we can hope for with these Achilles injuries. But he's back on a one-year deal. Back with the Buffalo Bills. They need some depth. And they need some starters. They need some help on that offensive line. Gives Josh Allen some protection. Give Josh Allen some weapons. Figure it out there. But when we're looking at uh, the rest of the news, two final moments, two final things. Marcus Kemp is headed to the Washington Commanders. He's following Eric Bieniemy, And Randall Cobb underwent ankle surgery, cleaning up some debris in that ankle of his. Been bothering him for at least this season, maybe longer than that. But Randall Cobb, he's getting surgery, so don't expect him to sign anytime soon. Wouldn't be surprised to see him back with the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers. But with the injury, with the ankle surgery, it's going to take more time. Teams don't want to sign guys until they're sure they're recovered. Randall Cobb, expect him to sign June, July-ish. Not going to sign anytime soon. But that will bring us to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that will bring us to Calvin Ridley. Because Calvin Ridley instantly steps in as the wide receiver one. If Calvin Ridley had hit free agency this year, as he would have had he not been suspended, Calvin Ridley would be the wide receiver one. He'd be the wide receiver one in most classes. Calvin Ridley is good. Calvin Ridley has been a wide receiver one in fantasy. Calvin Ridley has been a target hog. Calvin Ridley has been efficient. Calvin Ridley has done a lot of good things in his short NFL career. Gambling wasn't one of them. He's learned, hopefully. And it sounds as though he's going to be happier in Jacksonville. But he still has to be reinstated. He's applied for reinstatement. We believe he will be reinstated. Probably waiting until the NFL has some bad news come out or some bad press. And then, oh, but look, Calvin Ridley's back. Distraction. So hopefully that's what ends up happening. Hopefully Calvin Ridley is reestablished or reinstated with the Jacksonville Jaguars soon. Because he's a legit wide receiver one. Marvin Jones, he's a free agent this year. Calvin Ridley steps right into his Z wide receiver position. Zay Jones stays at X. Calvin Ridley at Z. Lining up off the line of scrimmage. Gets a little bit more free reign facing less press coverage, moves into the slot from time to time. Calvin Ridley is going to be eating up cornerbacks in 2023. Cannot wait to see Trevor Lawrence with an elite wide receiver one. This past year, it was kind of a 1B and 1B situation. I like the Christian Kirk signing. He proved me wrong. But Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, 1B, 1B. Marvin Jones is a wide receiver three maybe wide receiver four at this point in his advanced career. Now you have a wide receiver one in Calvin Ridley. You have a wide receiver one B in Christian Kirk and you have a wide receiver one B in Zay Jones. And then you get Evan Ingram back on the franchise tag. This is going to be an explosive offense for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm all in on Duval. 
much like they're they're exactly like the Detroit Lions. Hard times for the Jacksonville Jaguars, a lot of years. Hard times for the Detroit Lions, a lot of years. But they've got the right coach in place. They've built the right way. And now they're just so easy to root for. Love the Jacksonville Jaguars. Love the Detroit Lions. Love Calvin Ridley. Can't wait to see him reinstated and catching passes from Trevor Lawrence this upcoming season. Hello to Senior Football. Happy to have you on the show as always. Michael, happy as a Jags fan to finally see others excited about the Jags. Well, happy that I can make you happy. Happy you are excited about the Jacksonville Jaguars because you truly deserve it. The people in Florida truly deserve a good football team in the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know they have a good football team in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but Jacksonville fans aren't rooting for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Jaguars fans, the Jaguars faithful, they deserve this. It's truly a different franchise. You got the pool going on at the stadium. You got the mascot in a Speedo. Different vibes down in Duval County, and I am here for it. I am here for Calvin Ridley. I am here for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And they've already freed up a bunch of money. They signed Roy Robertson Harris to an extension, three years, $30 million. That cleared up some cap space. Signed Jamichael Hasty. He's back as the running back too. Going to catch some passes behind Travis Etienne. Going to be a great backup if anything happens to Travis Etienne. He's going to step in. Me and the Podfather, we love Jamichael Hasty. He just commands targets at an absurd rate. They also re-signed CJ Beathard, so they have their backup quarterback. And they restructured inside linebacker Foye Aluakun. So they freed up a bunch of money. They went from negative $20 million in debt to 13, or no. They went from negative $22 million in debt to $16.1 million in positive cap space. Jaguars currently 13th in the NFL. They are sixth in the AFC, but about 10, 11 million dollars of that's going to go directly to Evan Engram when he gets franchise tagged. Because I don't think the Jaguars and Evan Engram will reach a long-term deal. Engram wants to. It's in the best interest of both sides to pay him and keep the cap down with that long-term deal. But we'll wait and see what ends up happening. Either way, Evan Engram is back. As it stands now, if he is franchise tagged, 10-ish, 11-ish million dollars of that $16 million goes directly to Ingram. So they still have more moves to make. They're going to cut Shaquille Griffin. Going to try to trade him. Maybe they get a sixth, seventh round pick for Shaquille Griffin. But more than likely, Shaq Griffin, he gets cut. $13 million freed up by the Jacksonville Jaguars by moving on from Shaq Griffin. And then there's restructures that they can make. But cutting Shaq Griffin alone will get them to $24 million in cap space. Again, Evan Ingram. They franchise tag him minus $11 million. So we're back down to $13 million-ish for the Jacksonville Jaguars in cap space, about $9 million for the rookies. So still got to make some moves. You can save $7.7 million by restructuring Cam Robinson, or you can free up $12 million by by extending him, but he's still got two years left in his deal. So that's less than likely. Same with Darius Williams. Darius Williams, if they can extend him, he's got two years left on his deal. $8.3 $8.3 million can be freed up or restructured Arius Williams, $5.2 million freed up. Same with Foley Fadakasi. They can free up $6.3 million with an extension with two years left or $3.9 million by just restructuring. And the same thing with Rayshon Jenkins, $5.5 million by extending him, two years left on his deal, $3.4 million by restructuring. So they've got options there and they've got one that they have to do. Jaguars absolutely have to free up $7.8 million by extending Josh Allen. 
They cannot let Josh Allen hit free agency, much like the Carolina Panthers. Two first round picks was too much or was not enough to get rid of Brian Burns. Josh Allen, he is the heartbeat of that defense for the Jacksonville Jaguars. A great pick, knocked it out of the park, have to sign him long-term, free up $7.8 million in cap space. Get your stud pass rusher for years to come because Josh Allen, not Trayvon Walker, is the face of that defensive line. Josh Allen is a better prospect than Trayvon Walker was. Yeah, I know Trayvon Walker went first overall because of the athleticism, but Josh Allen, were it not for Nick Bosa, were it not for Quentin Williams, could have been that first non-quarterback draft because he was never going ahead of Kyler Murray. Josh Allen over Trayvon Walker, got to extend him, got to free up that cap space. But who else do they have to re-sign? There's not a lot that the Jaguars have to spend on guys that are leaving. They're going to re-sign Evan Engram, either franchise tag or not. So Chris Manhurts at tight end and Dan Arnold, they're both free agents, but Dan Arnold barely played. That was an ill-fated trade by Urban Meyer. And Chris Manhurts, he's more of the blocker. They could re-sign him for cheap, like a $2 million a year deal. Or see what they have in Luke Farrell, fourth-round tight end two years ago. Marvin Jones is a free agent. Don't think he's going to be back with the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think, as the wide receiver four now behind Calvin Ridley if he re-signs. Maybe the wide receiver five because Jamal Agnew is going to get his touches. Marvin Jones is gone. Evan Ingram's back. Chris Manhurt's probably back. Right tackle Jawan Taylor. He's probably back. I think they like Jawan Taylor enough that they're going to re-sign Jawan Taylor. But they do have his potential backup in Walker Little. So that's going to be an interesting one. But that's it on the offense. They're in good position. Their skill players are back with an upgrade from Marvin Jones to Calvin Calvin Harris. Upgrade from Marvin Jones to Calvin Ridley. Evan Ingram's back. They need a blocking tight end if Manhurts leaves and might need a right tackle, but they already have the in-house replacement. On defense, got to re-sign Arden Key, but he wants to be there. Arden Key wants to stay with the Jacksonville Jaguars. It sounds like it's going to happen. Then they've got Adam Gostis and Corey Peters, who played rotational snaps on the interior. They've got Dewan Smoot, who was a part-time player on the edge, much like Arden Key. So the way the Jaguars defense worked, they had Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker on the edges. They rotated a little bit with Arden Key and Dewan Smoot, but they're kind of bigger defensive ends. They fit in on the interior. They rush from the inside. So got to resign at least one of them. Trey Herndon, who ended up starting for the team once Shaq Griffin went down with injury. Trey Herndon, slot corner for the team. He's a free agent. And then third safety, Andrew Wingard's a free agent as well. But that's it. Calvin Harris. Yeah, Calvin Harris. Talking too fast. Talking way too fast. So sad they took Walker over Hutchinson. That was absolutely a mistake. That was absolutely a mistake. Calvin Ridley will make more than Trevor Lawrence this year. He That is crazy. That is insane. But the Jaguars could be insane this year. Because I've, I've already said how they can free up cap space, how they can get money to spend. But they're already a good team. They're already a strong offense with Trevor Lawrence taking another step forward. That's big. With Trevor Lawrence getting a true wide receiver one in Calvin Ridley, that's huge. And then getting two wide receiver one Bs. That was the problem with the Jaguars last year. Sometimes it'd be Zay Jones. Sometimes it'd be Christian Kirk. It'd be Evan Ingram too. But they didn't have a one, a guy that could just take over games. 
Now they do. Calvin Ridley's just going to take over games. And then you'll have a Christian Kirk on the side game. You'll have a Zay Jones on the side game. This is going to be an explosive offense. Travis Etienne back as well. Michael Hasty back as well. Getting the band back together. The offensive line. A little bit to figure out there. But not really. Just, just right tackle. Jaguars continuity, as I as I have stressed throughout this series, as I talk about all these teams, continuity is huge because you get back a good team. You have a good foundation as things stands. If you run it back with the players currently signed, you're in a good position. But you're still going to add free agents. You're going to add in the draft. So continuity is key because then those starters become backups. And you're just better from head to toe. And the Jaguars are building a strong roster from head to toe. On defense, Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, they're going to be rushing off the edge. Arden Key most likely re-signed. And then they're stacked on the interior. Roy Robertson-Harris re-signed him for three years, 30 million. And he helped to win that game against the Chargers in the playoffs. Just absolutely dominated. Eight Matt Filer and Zion Johnson's lunch against the Chargers in the playoffs. Helped alongside Trevor Lawrence to make that comeback happen. He's back. Devon Hamilton, a strong nose tackle. Foley Fadakasi, great run stuffer up the middle. And then at linebacker, Foye Oluwakun leads the NFL in tackles for the second year in a row. Devin Lloyd, who they drafted high. I think first round pick, they traded up for Devin Lloyd, I believe. And Chad Muma, who they drafted in the third. Just athletic linebackers need to figure out that slot cornerback position. They drafted some late round guys in Monteric Brown and Gregory Jr., Love Gregory Jr. Just the fact that his last name is Jr. Love it. But this is a strong defense. The Jacksonville Jaguars are a strong team. We love the Jacksonville Jaguars heading into 2023. We love these punching bag teams. It's easy to root for an underdog. That that's That's a tale as old as time, right? Everyone loves an underdog. We love to see the punching bag Jaguars who year after year, the butt of jokes, the Tom Coughlin second era was just a nightmare. Doug Marone and his bologna sandwiches, just so many disasters. Urban Meyer to wrap it all up, just a new low for the Jaguars. And now the Jacksonville Jaguars are here. And they ain't going anywhere. 